try and make y'all comfortable. That's the theme song of the PLL, if you didn't know from our rendition. And it's gonna be back! That's why we're singing it, because the PLL season is back. And the Inside Feed is back this week. On today's show, we are going to be talking everything championship series with CMO and Atlas midfielder Paul Rabel. Yes. Before we get into it, let's talk about what you're listening to. I'm Emma, and that's Lisa. Hi. And this is the Inside Feed. And we are the social media coordinators of the Premier Lacrosse League. And so... This show brings you behind the scenes as to what we're learning, what we're seeing, the stories that are happening, and just kind of the another aspect of this season and this league and everything. Behind the scenes look at everything we do here at the PLL. Yes. We had to wait till Thursday to release our podcast yes. because we had some very big news brewing Wednesday that we wanted to wait for to share, and yes. that is that the PLL 2020 season is officially back happening. the championship series powered by Ticketmaster is happening July 25th through August 9th on NBC Sports 16 days 20 games it's going to be a wild 3 weeks it's going to be like summer camp but summer better. camp with your friends but you're adults and it's televised <laughs> <laughs> and there's lacrosse and yeah it's a competition uh, we are taking place of where the 2020 Olympics were supposed to be. So Correct. that is a pretty big deal. Yes. Our guys are so excited. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, an amazing opportunity for the sport and people are just like wanting sports on TV right now. Yes. So Ryder texted me and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. At first, he was like, I wish it was two months, not just like two weeks. And then he was like, just kidding. I don't think I could last two months yeah. with all these guys. Yeah, all the guys I talked to, too, a lot of guys on the Archers, they're just all pumped to be playing lacrosse. It's not what we thought our 2020 season was going to look like right. at the beginning of the year. But given the current circumstances we're in, this is the best option for sure for us all to be together and be able to have some sort of a season. Right. And I think the guys are so excited to compete i think it's gonna elevate this this season completely and it's it, gonna be totally different it's completely different and i'm excited for that and to see how teams react and kind of mold to these circumstances yeah it's gonna be totally different than last season in the sense of it's two weeks of play mm -hmm. you play every single day for the most part so you don't have time to adjust you don't have five days of planning right you have like 12 hours of planning so i'm interested to see who and what teams take shape and who like stands out yeah. yeah i think it's gonna be a lot different than last year for sure so we are gonna go straight to the man himself that crafted the idea yes literally. that crafted <laughs> the idea paul rabel to answer all of your questions from how we came up with this idea the planning of it, the, our NBC deal. The mindset as a player and as a yep. team. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. I mean, he answered so a lot of our questions. Yes, get ready because he's going to answer all of your questions. So here is Paul Rabel. Please welcome to the show Atlas midfielder and CMO of the PLL, Paul Rabel. Yes. I'm so glad to be on. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Finally. That was the loudest you. applause you've ever given a guest to. Yep. 
so we can I, add in noise too. Probably, probably biased. <laughs> but thank All you right. for that intro. Of course, of course. Let's talk how we are approaching the 2020 season. We announced it Wednesday of how we will be functioning this championship series that we're having. Let's go all the way back to March when we decided to shut everything down at PLHQ in terms of coming into the office and the decision-making process of delaying the start of the season. Yeah, wow. So it's, it's felt like an entire year of working on this shift in our season, which to be clear, the championship series is in lieu of our uh, previously scheduled 2020 season. Um, and our champion will be our 2020 champion. Uh, it's, it's a condensed version, this tournament format of what we had originally scoped, but we think it is, it is both the safest and best available. And we also think that what we announced um, this week is going to set the precedent for other team sports leagues in way of uh, rolling out an optimal scenario. There, there's a lot of nuance to building a, a fully quarantined uh, approach to our season. And, uh, and that is in kind of everything from players to personnel to medical committee to production crew everyone uh it, you know takes on the same standards all at once and uh and that's how we feel like you must approach this if you're going to have a season or a semblance of a season in a safe manner uh, amidst this global pandemic and this environmental crisis um we had no idea back in the beginning of march that this would take the shape that it has i remember uh, being on an, on a plane ride back from new york actually to california on march 13th and uh, Mike and I uh, began scoping out nine different scenarios. I think it actually made its way to 12 different scenarios at the time. And we were just pontificating. So um, Mike had written, a, the day before Mike had written a note to our entire company that we were going to comply with the, the state of emergency that we were under as a country and, and obviously the state of California, which Gavin Newsom's done a, a, a terrific job of getting ahead of this relative to where expectations and projections were for California. And that's our headquarters where you two are based uh, as well as myself. And so we've been working remote as a company since then. And we were on a flight back from New York and uh, we just began scenario planning. So it started with kind of reverse engineering from our start date, which was previously scheduled for May 29th and 30th at Gillette and looking at, okay, on March 13th, if we look at 15, 30, 45, and even a 60-day shelter at home, can we get out? And there's just so much that was unknown about the spread of this virus, uh, its impact, uh, a, a drug or treatment that's available, and certainly a, a vaccination. So uh, one of our scenarios, and we had called it um, at the time, uh, least likely, was having to create a quarantine format. But we uh, we had thought, as as we typically do as entrepreneurs, like you understand both sides of the spectrum, and whether you want to, you know, whether you're hesitant or resistant to to feeling that, hey, is there a world where through the foreseeable future, sports are completely off the grid uh, through 2020, and if that's the case, is there a solution for us? And that's what we began thinking about. And it's important to note because 
as we approached our postponement announcement, which was in the middle of April, and there are a lot of things that go into factor there around timing, in particular, letting your partners know and the venues know and the network know so you can begin planning for the future, was, um, okay, you know, we have to essentially look at if we're going to create this fully quarantined tournament, let's approach it as if we're rebuilding the league. And, and so there's a ton of work that goes into it, and it's what it felt like. So we've been buried um, in kind of department meetings, company-wide meetings, and trying to figure out a solution for this because a delayed start in a world where it was deemed environmentally safe to do that and get back to our tour-based model and with or without fans, um, that was already really structured and set up. Um, and, and so we, we have been spending a lot of time on building out this tournament. You have talked before about how you spoke with a lot of professionals, whether it be medical professionals or people like league commissioners. What were those conversations like? Um, how frequently did you talk with other leagues and who would you say was the most helpful in coming to this decision? Yeah. So we spoke with early on uh, a few of the league commissioners in particular. I've been fortunate to develop a good relationship with Adam Silver. And then on the PGA side, we've been working with their executive team. Uh, and then NBC, the network heads, um, uh, especially on the sports side, with their relationship with NASCAR, English Premier League, um, obviously PGA Tour and the NHL. Um, we had early and often a number of touch points that we were kind of bouncing ideas off of. And, and that was important out of the gates to get a general sense of where this thing was headed and, and how other leagues were reacting. And my takeaway is that we, we've all and have since been locking arms and, and trying to compare and contrast notes. Uh, then we began to formalize it. So we built an internal team and uh, Mike led a daily standup between our uh, senior level executives. Um, and then every day we would get a report that highlighted the news that was, um, you know, that was, that was coming out of each of the leagues from, um, you know, updates around scheduling to even things like, you know, player contracts and uh, CBAs and, um, you know, potential rumors around what the NBA or NHL are doing. And so we'd have this, this list of articles that we'd, we'd discuss. And then we were tracking key medical metrics. And we brought on a couple of our board members um, to assist in acquiring that information. And the medical metrics we would look at were uh, daily tests on a day-to-day -day basis and increase or decrease case count. Um, and then the, the other one was like progress on a, on a drug or treatment. So we were just pulling in a ton of information. And it felt like every day was a research report. Um, as we got closer to uh, clarity on where we believe the environment will be for the foreseeable future through 2020, it became more evident that a quarantine tournament was really the only case that we could feel confident in, um, not only uh, in supporting our players and our league and our partners and having a semblance of a season, but also a, uh, a, a position for us to then zero in on building a medical committee. So uh, Rob Sanzillo, who's our GC and uh, VP of lacrosse, uh, began to put together a, a COVID-19 medical committee that consists of not only internal um, leaders in the healthcare space that are, that are attached to our league, um, but external doctors and specialists from infectious disease specialists to internal medicine doctors. And they are building out our medical protocol and have done a great job in doing so for uh, this PLL championship series. Um, and that's part of now our daily standups. 
Can you explain the tournament style format and how we will ultimately crown the 2020 champions? Yeah, so we we feel pretty uh, excited about this position that we're in and you know, thinking about kind of playing offense as a league. One of the things we looked at was, okay, we can actually roll out a fully quarantined model different than the challenges of leagues that have 30 plus teams is that we have power and fewer numbers. So our all in numbers from teams to personnel to coaches to medical to production is under 300. And if you look at the PGA tour right now, they're on, they're, they're scoping out a thousand people and, uh, and there's exposure um, because you can't find a location that can really uh, keep 1,000 people housed and fed and, and active. So uh, that was an advantage. And then as we looked at the trend of leagues postponing and canceling indefinitely in major events, the big one that jumped off was the Olympics. It got postponed to 2021. And all of the kind of we call it linear inventory, but television programming windows that opened up and, and marketing dollars that were attached to it and uh, kind of advertising eyeballs and say, hey, if we can create a tournament that can fall in that window, which, by the way, we share our network partner in with NBC, let's let's be proactive and approach them on it. Um, and then from there, it was like, OK, let's look at the Olympics. Let's look at the World Championships. Look, let's look at the World Cup. And when you take a, a two week tournament, you typically have a round robin or group play that determines seeding for a single elimination championship that will be preceded by uh, a training camp. So when everyone arrives, teams will get a chance to hit the fields and practice and game plan. Um, they're already doing a lot of that just through technology. But after training camp is complete, and it'll be a, a mini camp. Um, we'll have a random drawing for our group play, which is every team, all seven of them will play four games. Um, and then that'll determine their win-loss record and an aggregate score for any tie break. But everyone advances to the single elimination tournament. The number one seed gets a bye, um, which is important when you're playing 20 games in 15 days is rest period. Um, and then the others will kind of go through that bracket. So uh, it's pretty exciting. It's going to be the most condensed and concentrated moment lacrosse has ever had in history that gets the level of exposure that we're getting with NBC. And that includes the NCAA tournament. That includes what we did last year, which also elevated the sports exposure and by a pretty significant multiple in pro lacrosse history. So I think, you know, there are certainly, and, and I've always um, subscribed to silver linings during challenging times. And and for us, you know, a, a big initiative out of the gates was growing this game and exposing it to uh, fluid sports fans or people who otherwise haven't been told about or have you know, been busy and not been able to watch a lacrosse game. Uh, this is certainly a time where we're going to see a level of interest in lacrosse and, and more eyeballs on the game because of what we've been able to solve for with the PLL. You mentioned like sort of going off of that, have how this is supposed to be in the window of what the Olympics were. How is that going to help us improve, like you said, the growth of the sport? Is there going to be anything different we can expect yeah. um, from the NBC crew now that we have this sort of opening to work with? Yeah, so I think one of the when we think about the broadcast and the production of the games, we've gotten to, to sit back and watch a lot of programming go off that is fanless, which this will be. And you, you can tell a difference, even with late night television, early on when in March when they were shooting in studio without fans, that you don't have that external crowd ambiance. And, and that 
is a pretty big contributor to the experience of a viewer at home. And then the WWE, we're doing fanless and broadcasting it live. And it, just, it, it is a different experience and a different feel. So we're talking and have spent a lot of time already in production meetings with NBC around increasing our audio output. So more players being mic'd up, bringing kind of field mics so you can hear the players and you know, miking up refs and doing things of that nature that can, um, in, in lieu of hearing and feeling a crowd, you, you are accentuating the, the audio from the game itself. And, uh, and I just think that's really important. So we'll pilot some of that more and we'll, we'll look at other leagues that have uh, experimented with it. But I think that's going to be really important. As far as the visuals go, I mean, I think what we did last year was pretty unprecedented for the sport. It gave it a ton of exposure to the kind of intricacies and athletic talent level that we have uh, with our players and this game brings to the table. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to improve that as we had originally planned for, for 2020. But I would say look out for audio in a major way. Does this mean we're going to be quarantined with Boyle and Burmeister? <laughs> we'll, we'll make that announcement soon, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, that, that, I think the, the expectation for us is every, and this is the, I think this is an important thing to note is that everyone who is a part of a PLL game day experience is going to be arriving on site and uh, at the same time and going through the same medical protocol um, and so, uh, yes, theoretically, not only, uh, will you be, but we'll also get a lot more time with them, um, maybe in the dining halls and, you know, maybe, uh, during, you know, some recreational activity that, that we'll try to find some time to, to, uh, at least get some space during this, um, marathon of a sprint. We have all this plan in place, but now we just need somewhere to play. So what has been the process in finding a location for us to have this championship series? Yeah, I think, I think. You know, we look at the most important aspect first, which are campuses that we can basically take over and fully buy out um, because they, they need to not only be able to house 300 people, but uh, feed them and, and give uh, practice facilities to seven of our teams on an as needed basis and locker rooms and classrooms for film and so on. So we've, we've looked at that as kind of entry point number one. Number two is uh, location. Uh, location is important related to player travel, related to uh, you know certain states at risk, um, and we've been able to basically narrow it into uh, three regions. So you have Mid Atlantic, you have the Southeast, and the Midwest. And uh, we'll make a, an announcement in the coming week as as we uh, we have proposals and have been in conversation with uh, each of our finalists uh, over the last several weeks and uh, are looking forward to sharing more details as they come. Not being able to have fans in the stands is obviously like the hardest part of this format. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but what are we going to be doing from like a content side to make sure that our fans feel as part as this 2020 season as they did last season? Well, we're looking to introduce technology to involve our fans. And an example of that would be what the NFL even did in their draft and how uh, in Roger Goodell's basement, he had a screen behind him with fans that were cheering live um, for their respective teams. So there's a lot of technology available, whether it's through Google or Zoom or, or um, you know, we're using tech right now to do this podcast with Zencaster. There's a company called Tagboard that's working with a number of the major leagues. And, uh, and, and so I would expect us to have uh, a pretty strong uh technological approach to involving fans, uh, not only real time, but visually with our players. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's exciting. 
when you think about what our league did really well last year, it was create uh, kind of two productions, one for the television screen and then one for the mobile device where a lot of people are consuming our games through social. So I would expect to see if I'm a fan, um, you know, a ramped up version of social media coverage of not only games through game highlights, but player vignettes through potentially, you know, obviously post-game interviews, but, but potentially other kind of team and player narratives, potentially doc series, um, kind of all the way down the line as we view this as, um, you know, kind of a, a breeding ground for amazing storytelling. And, uh, and it's incumbent on us to, to bring everyone in from producers and editors to writers and covering the editorial to uh, a number of other things that we'll unveil in the coming weeks. Last season, you operated and played in this season. What is that going to be like this season as yeah. it's completely different? <laughs> yeah, well, it will be different. So it's, it's interesting. I was just thinking that through as as we've made this decision about a week ago and are, are moving forward is last season, because of the intervals between games, I, uh, I probably still spent more time operating than I did playing. And the nature of three games on a weekend, two of those games I'm operating in, you know, kind of on the sideline or in the back office. And with this condensed season, um, I'll just be playing. So I'm sure, uh, you know, part of my DNA and, and being a part of this company from the beginning, uh, that'll all be still in my head and I'll be you know, having conversations with everyone. But for the most part, you know, I just won't have the even even the time afforded to me to to. Uh, you know, to sync with our marketing media team and talk with ops. And I think it'll probably be good for, for myself as a player. Um, but that, that's how I kind of see it, which will be fun. Taking off your co-founder hat and putting on your professional athlete hat, what was your initial reaction to this type of setup? Because like you said, it's 20 games in 15 days. That's going to be a grueling three weeks for all of our pros. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I, I've played in three world championships over the last 12 years and you know, what our sport is moving toward directionally, especially with the launch of the PLL, are more full-time lacrosse players. But um, the, the nature of practicing two to three times a week and playing um, and then kind of going back to your market and then flying back in has always been what pro lacrosse has, uh, you know, kind of has, has had set up. For training camp last year as as a sample size for something much greater we're doing this year is everyone arrived at IMG for a week. And you it's really immersive. And as a player, when you're in as an immersive experience as possible, um, it heightens everything. And I think you just get a better outcome. You build and forge deeper relationships with your teammates, with your coaches, the competition gets more fierce. Um, and it's, you know, it's akin to an Olympic village over a condensed two and a half week period where those athletes train four years for that moment. Um, so while it is shorter in length of season, my experience through world championships and then as a fan and viewer of even Olympics is uh, the, the pound for pound result is far greater. Uh, so I'm, I'm especially excited to see how this thing goes. Going off of that, I think something that's going to be really interesting to watch is teams that can get hot and stay hot, or if they get in a slump, how they're going to get out of that slump because they don't have a lot of time to get out of it. What are some things that you're looking at to kind of make sure that Atlas doesn't get in that slump? Yeah, I think to even to that point, Emma, like coaches are going to be thinking about the game and, and coaching differently. 
um, because, you know, basically I'll, I'll give you the way that I think about it is you have two short seasons. So you're right. There's the, the intangible is momentum. And uh, that's like what every athlete and team strives for is like, can they get to peak performance? Can they reach the zone and maintain that during the most important time? If you just look at the schedule, that means you have to be playing at your best in the second week during single elimination play to a championship. So you've got to have the ability to flip it on or flip it off if you're not playing well. Ideally, everyone will just want to run the table you know, and win seven or eight games, depending on uh, the seating. And like, you know, for me, you have to, the best coaches have to prepare for both scenarios. And um, I think that they'll, you know, the best coaches in advance and the best teams in advance will understand different outcomes, whether they start one and O or O and one or, or O and four through the, through the uh, group play or two and two, and kind of, you can predict potential psyche. I think it's more difficult to scenario plan for a full regular season, all-star break, break playoffs and championships. Like this one, I think, you know, if you sit down as a coach, you can scenario plan every outcome and kind of take that Bill Belichick, if, then, if, then, if, then, if, and. And, um, and I think we'll see that. And, and teams that do that the best will, will, uh, will probably more likely than not win. That'll all to start probably during training camp. How do we see training camp looking, especially for people like the Water Dogs, who they haven't had any time to play together in mesh, and like for Atlas, getting um, you know adjusted to having a new head coach. How do we see training camp working? Yeah, and, and a new head coach, and obviously one of the, the greatest attackmen in the world, and, and Rob Pinnell, who's who's a ball carrier. So I think that look, we 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 have weekly X's and O's sessions through zoom. And so a lot of it in pro sports call it is athletes are responsible for their physical and skill upkeep. And you even see it in the NBA, a, a lot of the best players in the NBA, they go to New York and, and train with Chris Brickley and they do those pickup scrimmages where they're all playing together. And, uh, and, you know, they immediately flip to competitors once the season kicks in. So it, it's always been on the shoulders of the athlete to come prepared. Um, you do typically get a little bit more time and room to get into game shape with a full season um, and a full training camp. But I just think the more important piece is you have 60 days to get there mentally and physically and knowing what the new environment is. I think, I, I think a lot of athletes will, will show up ready. Um, and, uh, and I think with regard to water dogs, um, they've got a great coach and, they do have uh, the, the most newly made up team in way of personnel, but all those guys know each other and they've either played with each other before or against each other. And I think they'll be just as dangerous as the next. You are someone that prides himself in your fashion and style. <laughs> Will game day arrivals still be a thing, even if we're quarantined? 100%. I, I, I mean, how, many outfits do you, how many outfits do you bring? How do you pack accordingly? Well, you got to look at four round robin games, all right. <laughs> and then if you're the number one seed, you advance to the semifinals and a championship. So if you're the number one seed, you're talking about packing for six games. Um, and if you're not the one seed, 
You also should prepare, like I said, we've prepared building the season for playing seven. So um, I've got to figure out probably an extra check bag for seven outfits. And I'll probably ration three different shoes because um, they don't want to bring seven shoes because then it's two check bags. Yeah, true. But I could also look at a shoe bag and carry that on. These are things I need to know too because I need just, to know how many bags I can bring. Right, right. <laughs> it, you just got to make – I mean, like, oh, so arriving to a stadium – you know, actually, think about it this way. Arriving to a stadium for athletes in all sports, you get there two and a half hours early, three hours early, in some sports, four hours early. Fans aren't there when you arrive. You're, you're doing it. You're doing it for your own um, confidence. Well, yeah. I was thinking confidence, but also <laughs> pictures. Clout. <laughs> Stayed for the clout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see who, uh, who does it. It, it. It's the same thing as getting dressed for work. Like if, if you, uh, and we've talked about this tactically working from home is, if we're sluggish and we kind of roll out of bed and open up our laptops, you're going to get a sluggish effort throughout the day. So I, I view it the same thing in, in sports. There's something about like dressing nice and showing up to the locker room and being like, all right, it's game day. I'm ready to rock. Agreed. Look so, good, feel good. That's yeah. my motto. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, this whole championship series, as Emma put it, is sort of like a TikTok hype house. Who's going to come out of the championship series as the lead TikToker of the PLL? So actual player, like TikTok account, or do you mean just in general? Like, like yourself, like your TikTok account. Yeah, or I've, I've got to Chani, um, Chani goes a little bit above and beyond, and his TikTok account is fantastic. He probably puts too much time into it, um, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I've shifted. I, I haven't done any dancing. It's just not really in my skill set. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the dub overs are fantastic and you can knock a dub over out in 10 minutes. I've got yeah, like really. seven drafts right now, ready to rock at any point. I love dubbing over. I, I, I was an early adopter to Vine. For, for similar reasons. Oh, a lot of people would Vine. use Vine for that purpose. It was, yeah, never forget. I'll never forget Vine. Yeah. Back to the championship series. I think another thing that's super interesting to me is the fact of how quickly it is going to go down. And compared to last year, you had a full week to kind of look at your film, dissect what you need to improve, but also dissect your next opponent. Now it's going to be moving so fast. What do you think that system is going to look like for teams? So here's the way I think about it. Similar to coaches preparing for this condensed environment, I think coaches that build scouting reports in advance based on personnel and have that framework are going to be in a position to just iterate it slightly based on how the teams are playing. And it would almost behoove us not to just address scouting reports in June and July as we lead into it. So you see a lot of coaches, again, continue to tap into technology and have team meetings and then personnel meetings specifically. And then the last piece is we hear this all the time. It's uh, a known cliche, but it's not about them. It's about us. Um, I do think when you play a condensed version of a, of a season or having played in a world championship and looking at Olympic sports, you just you, you factor down the, uh, the benefit that you can get from a full week of scouting, and then you level up. I think some of the addressables within your team 
and your team makeup and you get a little bit more sophisticated. So you just learn a little bit, you do things you may not have. And an example of that was like, would be, hey, let's build some out of bounds plays. Let's build a couple of last second plays. Things that now I believe our teams will be thinking through as every game matters just that much more versus I, I think a tendency to to try to scout others and, and play to their weaknesses. It's like you'll you'll see teams really focus on their strengths. Lacrosse is finally going to be back on TV. You're finally going to get back to being able to play. How excited are you for that? I'm super excited. You know, we, we were in a time and most sports are, are still looking at a reality where they're not going to be able to play in 2020. And I think that is the challenge for a lot of the major leagues is the numbers that are involved and the ability to do something that's considered safe. I mean, the reality is until we have a vaccine, there are just inherent risks and exposure of live events and group events. And the differentiation between a sports league and call it, you know, back to normal and back to business is that on our regular day's life, whether it's at the grocery store or in the office, you can maintain certain social distancing standards um, to mitigate risk. But even going back to normal, uh, you still have exposure. So as leagues, your job and as businesses is to uh, create environments that have either completely mitigated that exposure or have done so at a, at a way in which you can receive approval to, to move forward. And, um, you know, so for us, not only are we excited that we can play, but um, we feel like we are now setting uh, an example for other athletes and other sports to see if their, their leagues can, can get back to play as well. A lot of people have asked me, hey, uh, do you hope that you're the only team sports league that's back on television and would that generate more eyeballs? And uh, I'm not sure that, that that necessarily is a best case. I think that um, we have seen a shift in kind of human, human nature and around content and, and uh, programming, and it will continue to iterate based off of this unprecedented time. Uh, you know, social media consumption was really high through the first three weeks of quarantine. Then it dipped because people have to like balance change. And I think uh, if we're the only sport back, um, you know, we have to shift an entire population of sports fans to kind of rethink and say, all right, I got to get back in front of the television to watch versus if a few of us come back or more of us are back, then that is kind of through, through, through scale. People are going, okay, sports is back. So um, the good news is that we are, and we're going to service a, a pretty big audience of lacrosse fans that exist, in particular around college, who were deprived of college lacrosse. And then they get to watch uh, you know, the best game in the world that's played by the best players, the best version of the game um, you know, this summer in, in a really condensed period. And the games are all on the NBC Family Network, so it's, uh, it's fantastic exposure for us. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I feel like us yeah. all being stuck together for three weeks is actually going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can do a reality get a reality show commissioned as well. That would be great. Me and Lisa be stars. Yeah, yeah, we'll be right. the main stars actually. <laughs> also, yeah. can me and Lisa have the ox cord for warm ups? that is one prize possession. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess submit submit your playlist up the chain, and then we'll maybe we can take turns. Out. I know. <laughs> Sammy Bretschneider is going to want that ox cord too. 
probably Brett and Nick are working on their DJing skills during quarantine. Every, everyone's a DJ these days. I mean, you're looking Coming at from what, the DJ. Are. I was going to say, you can DJ at training camp. Coming from the DJ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, if, All right. You know, if, we make, if we get eliminated in the first round, I'm going to take the Oxford. There you go. Let's hope Silver that lining. Happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. At least we got it. All right, Paul. Well, thank you for taking some time out to chat with us and explain all of this. I know we're excited and we know it's the best case scenario for everyone involved. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show. This podcast is brought to you by our incredible friends at Ticketmaster, the official presenting sponsors of the championship series. Ticketmaster has all of your needs when it comes to concerts, sporting events, arts and theater, and more. To check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. Again, that is Ticketmaster.com or open up your Ticketmaster app. Paul just seems so excited. Yeah, it's going to be such a unique thing for him too that he sort of touched on in the interview of he's a player, but he's also managing this, but I don't right. think he's going to have a lot of time to, <laughs> to manage. So he's going to be probably strictly a player for those three weeks. I know there's a lot of ideas churning as to like content and mm-hmm. the TV experience and how we're going to implement fans. And I cannot wait to see like the ideas that we land on. It's going to be great for y'all. It's going to be great for new fans. And I think it's, we're on, we're onto something. Yeah, we're going to make sure you guys feel as a part of it as you did last season. For sure. So no worries. We will talk to you all next Tuesday. Before we go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And please leave us a review. Make sure you also follow us at the Inside Feed on Twitter and Instagram and at LisaRemin29 and at EmmaDams on IG. Yes. Make sure to follow us on social media, as I said in the beginning of the episode. Me and Lisa are going to be posting content while we're on quarantine that is just oh my gosh. the behind the scenes, what is going on content <laughs> of us getting through this. And I think it's really going to be a fun experience. I really do. It's going to be, be its own show in itself. Honestly. <laughs> but make sure to subscribe because the podcast is only going to get even more entertaining from here. Yeah, for sure. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Talk to you next week. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. 